When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Ah, good morning, class. Welcome back to Fright School. Hey, Joe. Hi, Joshua. <laughs> oh my God, Joshua! Did you see the claps? <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. The claps. So the claps. Ow. Jimmy Fallon. Madonna. Wow. Already. We've already gone off the deep end. I know. We're, we're less than 30 <sighs> seconds in. Hello. What is up? What is happening? Oh, my goodness. What is happening? Well, I... This is the voice of the past, or the recent past, but I... <laughs> what did I do? Joe, um, you went to see a musical that everybody's talking I about. I did. I went to see Hamilton. Uh, be jealous, gag. I don't know why y'all gagging. Gag on the eleganza. Gag on the eleganza. Um, of Hamilton. Yeah, uh, Hamilton. It was great. I definitely want to see it again. Um, I probably will have to wait, you know, fifteen years from now when Onstage Playhouse and Chula Vista does it. <laughs> uh, right. um, but yeah, it was uh, it was good. Uh, it was definitely um, it was uh, my thing with those kinds of uh, shows, especially uh, ones that like. You get a lot of play on the cast album is mm-hmm. I'm always just kind of like, okay, I'm waiting to be underwhelmed. And this one, like I was sufficiently like satisfied by it. And that's, if you know Hamilton, that's a pun. Um, but I'm sufficiently satisfied by it. And I don't. I, I, exactly. And I thought, <laughs> um, I thought that the cast, you know, you have to take a live, you have to take your live performance of it with, uh, with a little bit of a grain of salt. And, I was with a friend of mine who was not familiar at all with the um, with the show, and I was telling her I was like, you know, um, the the cast album is very like you know the, that's the original Broadway cast that's who's been with the pro- production for a very long time, and then when they're doing all these recasts for like the national tours and stuff, these are people who like were ensemble or mm-hmm. you know these are people who are better if not better than the original people so. Anyway, that's my little spiel about Hamilton. Um, it was really great. If uh, you are one of the chosen that uh, one of the chosen one percent that can afford a ticket or, or win the lottery, then um, do it. Do it for yourself. Um, support Lin Manuel and uh, support the support the arts. Wow! I'm gonna get wow. off my get off my horse now. That was something. Yes, it was. <laughs> In um yeah, but I, I'm oh I went to oh. Chicago. Um, you did go to Chicago. I went to Chicago, but not to the musical. But not to the That's musical. Different. No, I did not go to Chicago the musical. Although, um, on the Uber ride from the airport, I did listen to all that jazz because um you were in Chicago. I was in Chicago, and every time I go to like a new place, I try to see if there's some musical that like corresponds mm-hmm. to that place. 
Did you rouge your knees? I did rouge my knees. I let my Very stockings nice. down. Awesome. I found a flask, played fast and loose. It right. was great. See, I do. I also like Chicago. Why? Because people get murdered in it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I was it's a great murder show. I told my. I was telling my. Uh, so like my mom was going to Chicago and she was like, just be careful. And I was like, oh, you think that like I'm going to get all caught up in Chirac. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to go see um, Leroy Brown on the south side. You know what I mean? Like it's I took a I took a boat tour, took an architectural tour. Oh, I learned things. Yeah. Chicago. It's a fun city. 30 degrees and raining and I'd still go back. And that's saying something for a California guy. Well, I, it sounds like you had a good time. I did. What about your time, Joshua? Well, I want to go back because you brought because you talked about your little Hamilton experience mm-hmm. of the musical, and that ties in. So I'm going to uh, retransition that now. Do it back to what I was going to bring up. Uh, it's about a musical. So um, back in 2013, uh, Marius Devries wrote music for, along with uh, Michael Mitnick and Craig Lucas, uh, lyrics. For and I think it was in Australia. Let me see. Yes, original production, Mountain in Australia, it is now going to come to Broadway next year. King Kong the Musical. Yes. Yes. Right. Are you excited? I am not as <laughs> yeah, excited. Right, not, for um, <laughs> not for King Kong the Musical. I mean, I'm I'm probably as excited for King Kong the Musical as I am for SpongeBob the Musical. Oh. Well, I think Cindy Lauper wrote a song for the SpongeBob Musical, so well, you're probably I could be happy for that. No, I'm not. But I'll listen to whatever that song is that she wrote. Same with Kinky Boots. Like I don't really care. I I listen to the music that because she wrote it. But you know, Duncan Sheik um, recent last year mounted. American Psycho, the musical. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I thought uh, this was new in, in the news today, since we're doing the news segment. Uh, we already done been new, whatever. We already been new. We already been new. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I saw that today. And I thought that was very interesting, um, especially because uh, we're going to be talking about Carrie in an upcoming episode that's been made into a musical um, as well. So. I don't know. Horror musicals, I like. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how much like King Kong is really musical. It's kind of more of like a Beauty and the Beast kind of story, I guess, is how they're, gonna, how is they're pitching it. Time. Uh, but I remember seeing back in 2013, 2014, like video footage from, um, from the staging of it in Australia. And it was really cool, like the way they built Kong. They had like nine or ten like puppeteers like moving around on stage with these just massive pieces. It was incredible. And watching it like, you know, on video... It, I mean, it really played, like, they had the movements down. Like, it was like a giant ape was walking on stage. It was just really, really well done. So I kind of look forward to seeing what how that will be adapted and yeah. uh, even appro- improved upon. Like, because, you know, you think about the incredible puppetry and, like, the Lion King musical. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Little Shop of Horrors, that's yeah. always, kinda, you know, the, the puppets in that can be very, uh, very well done or very campy, depending on how they want to do it. So I just thought that was interesting. little piece of news I saw today on iHorror.com. Uh, download the app in the iPhone, iStore, whatever it is, Apple App Store. <laughs> download it. Get your life. Right. Get your horror get news. Get your horror news. Uh, also, what else What else has been coming up? Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And I, and I had planned that out because I was like, oh, Joe went to Hamilton. We can talk about the Kong musical. We'll just have a little musical moment here. A uh, little musical <laughs> moment. Um, anyways, that's really all like I had, I, you know, I did see this, uh, George Romero son wants to make an eye of the living dead prequel, which I think is kind of exciting since we watched night of the living dead You can go back and watch that. I think it's episode three or listen to that episode three or four. The secret word is bleak 
bleak <laughs> our episode on uh, Night of the Living Dead. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, I if if that you know comes uh, comes together, I think it could be really good. Otherwise, um, you know, the holidays is is upon us. It's that time of year, and so uh, just like last year. I will be hosting Scary Christmas again. Yes. Uh, we will be having a Scary Christmas episode, possibly with our friend Sam Weinman joining us again to discuss uh, a movie that he really likes. Possibly, Possibly. Yes. We uh, love that man. I Yes, he is. he's pretty wonderful. And uh, yeah, go back and listen to the episode with him. What was it called again? It's called uh, The Time for Queer Horror is Now. 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 Uh, so yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it because he's great. It was a great, great conversation. And um, so skip our 30 minutes of nonsense in the beginning and get to the full yeah, hour. Yeah, exactly. Just skip it. Because whatever yeah, we're talking about, it doesn't it. matter. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, so of course, I'll, I'll be over the next few episodes plugging stuff, uh, you know, that I want to encourage you all to buy for the goth, macabre, morbid freak in your life for us yes for us uh although i own this one but anyway so uh y'all know i'm big fans of caitlin doty order the good death uh her book from here to eternity traveling the world to find the good death i we pitched on a recent episode Mm -hmm. so if you haven't read that yet or haven't bought it go out and buy it or download it actually she does the audible like the audio book for it Ooh, that sounds like yes it's awesome to listen to her talk but anyway so one of the members of the order of the good death has edited a book. Her name is Joanna Ebenstein, and she edited this new book called Death, A Graveside Companion. Uh, looks like Thames and or, yeah, Thames and Hudson whatever, uh, I think put it out, is the publisher. Anyways, it is 1,000 macabre illustrations of like artwork uh, all about like death and the afterlife. Mm. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? It does look very beautiful. It's beautiful. We'll have to post a picture of it. It's got a, a really nice copper embossed like figure mm-hmm. of death on the cover. Hardbound, beautiful. I bought it, you know, fairly cheap on Amazon. It runs 40 bucks, which is, I mean, you know, for isn't a book bad. like that, it's very nice. Yeah, it's a great deal. Um, but, you know, you can get it on Amazon for cheaper, of course, like everything. Anyways, but it is just filled with these incredible uh, pieces of artwork. I think it says here, featuring the Richard Harris art collection. I guess it's one of, like, the largest collections of, of death-related uh, artwork. And I I just wanted to plug that. It is it is beautiful. It's a great... Uh, it's another coffin table art book, like Elvira's, <laughs> in a I way. I love it. You know, just put it out. Uh, it's... I mean, it's just... It's beautiful. I mean, just lots of incredible macabre work f- across centuries of, uh, of, uh, of, of humans making, you know, this kind of art. <laughs> about the death. About the death. About Deaths. the death. Our constant, constant, constant companion. Yeah. So I wanted to plug that, first of all. So again, Death, a Graveyard Companion by Joanna Ebenstein, E-B-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, member of the Order of the Good Death. Uh, you can go on their... Link uh, in description. Yes, exactly. There we go. On their Facebook page, uh, they uh, were giving away copies of it, uh, which I have to say, let me tell you, Joe. Tell let me, me. Let me give you a story about a little Facebook and their nonsense. Give it. Yeah. Spill I was, it. I was so annoyed. So they, the Order of the Good Death, they posted about this book. That's how I found out about it. They posted it. They're like, hey, when, uh, you know, when a, a book from our one of our members, you know? And post like a, you know one of your favorite uh, pieces of artwork that you know is macabre or you know is around death, 
and, you know, tell us why you like it. So I posted a very famous picture uh, called uh, In Voluptus Moors, which is uh, the artist. It's a, it's a photograph by Philippe Halsman featuring Salvador Dali and what appears to be a skull in the background. But when you look closer, it's actually a group of, of nude women. Uh, so you've probably seen it. It's very famous. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have seen that. Yes. Uh, all of you, you can't see that, but... Um, Link in bio. <laughs> right, there we go. In uh, Voluptus, V-O-L-U-P-T-A-S, Moors, M-O-R-S. Probably in Voluptus Moore or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's, you know, very famous, but it's kind of a beautiful picture. It's also surreal. It's macabre, you know, and I posted, I wrote kind of about how, you know, I've always, I, I've always liked it because Salvador Dali's in the... He's in the foreground. He's very impish. He's very weird, you know, and uh, we all do, you know, we all are walking this world with this specter of death. We all know we're guaranteed one, you know, a death when we're born. And it's nice, you know, sometimes you got to kind of try to be in the cosmic joke of it all. You know, sometimes you have to laugh at it. You have to, at the absurdity of, of, of life, you yeah. know. And so I posted that picture, and well, Facebook like took it down and like sent me this whole thing about like I violated community standards and yeah, just just all this nonsense because there are a pair of breasts in it, I guess, exposed. There's nudity. Yeah, nudity, and you know some buttocks, like whatever. But I wrote them back. I was like, "This is ludicrous." You know, this is an incredibly famous piece of artwork featuring Salvador Dali by you know, uh, you know the a very famous photographer. You know, you're such hypocrites. You're so um, puritanical. You know, it's just nuts. You know, especially given, you know, I'm constantly seeing like half naked people on Facebook all the time yeah. and all kinds of other stuff, which I'm. There's actual hate speech on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. That no one's taking down. Yeah. Precisely. Like, there's, so, you know, this nonsense over a pair of breasts. You know, like, who cares? In a black and white photograph. It's like, fuck you. You know, so I like just wrote this whole kind of thing and I was like, grow up. And like in seconds, it was back up. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> Someone's listening. Yeah, somebody was listening because they put it back up. And the other thing that annoyed me about it is, I mean, it just shows kind of how ignorant because that photograph, that skull, is um, if you've seen the Silence of the Lambs poster, yeah, the moth, the the skull on it is those women. It's not a it's not a skull. If you blow it up, it's those like nude women on it. So it's like. Are you going to go through and take every, like, photo of that down? Yeah. You know, it was just, like, it's just ludicrous, you know? And it's, like, a famous piece of artwork. I don't know. It just really annoyed me. Thought I would vent about that. <laughs> um, I was just, you know. Yeah, that's, that's insane. It's just the absurdity of, yeah. you know, this weird, weird world we live in where, mm-hmm. you know, like, we're now selling, like, backpacks with, you know, bulletproof shields for kids instead of having like a serious conversation about like the gun crisis in our in our country. Like, let's instead yeah. sell products so that kids don't get shot to those death. mats or not as like, badly shot to death. Those mats that are like um, this was this was came out a while back, but it was those they're like mats that are play mats or like nap time mats. Yeah, but that also function as like as like shields, like basically body armor for these kids. It's, just, it's insane. This is real world horror. Yeah, we need to be having better conversations than talking about, like, you know, tits and artwork. You know, banning people for that. Like, so stupid, you know. But whatever. I didn't win anyways because other people had, you know, better, you know, things to say and better artwork, I guess. But it was just, you know, the whole concept. The idea of it is It just really bugged me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, censoring artwork. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Stop it. Stop it. Stop the censorship. (laughs) Anyway, so... 
to go back to what I was saying, that's that's the book, Death, a Graveside Companion. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I had one other thing I saw today, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, Creep Show, which is uh, because we talked about the XX in the beginning, which is like a famous, or I mean, is is a uh, anthology film <laughs> mm-hmm. creep show is also and they uh it, it's uh stephen king uh, and george uh, romero put together this in 1982 uh, movie called creep show and it is 35 years old and oh. fright rags uh which is a really cool uh, t-shirt uh cl- clothing you know company has released a bunch of really cool um limited edition t-shirts so i would go i would check out fright rags and uh, buy those for the kid, the you know, again, the morbid little kid in your life. You gotta <laughs> love those morbid little kids. Yeah, I just want, I just wanted to promote that. I'm just, you know, things, great stocking stuffers, things for. Uh, I for, have one for thing. scary Christmas. Yes, go ahead. Um, it's fitting because it's a good transition into our topic today. Oh. Um, shortly after we watched and recorded the episode for the Babadook. Um, I went just today, which is today, today's episode. Yes. Today's episode. Um, I ordered, uh, a pin from strange ways and you know, uh, strangeways.com. And you might remember strange ways because they're also the company that does the, they do enamel pins and all these kinds of artwork. Um, Stephen McDermott, who is, um, our queer artist from Canada who did monster boys. He did, he does a lot of collaborations with them. So I went onto their site and I saw they had um, this awesome pin, and I'll post a picture of it, but it's the Babadook with um, a rainbow fan that says Baba Shook. And I was like, yes. Nice. So, yes, get yourself a Baba Shook pin. Get Baba Shook. Also, on their page for this, they have a link to a drag queen. Her name is Pissy Miles. And she does a song where she's the Babadook and she's talking like, it's basically a, a song about a fierce queen, the, the Babadook. And it's like, oh, get me. here she comes. She's the Babadook. You know, it's, it's very, uh, very gay, very, very gay. Fun. But yes, listen to that. Pissy Miles, the Babashook is what it is. And um, yes, and I just love that, you know, it's the, it's Mr. Babadook, but she keeps calling Mr. Babadook, she It's like, ah, she, she's coming for you in your dreams. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So well, get Babashook. Yes. Get Babashook all year long. Baba click, Baba clack. Baba click, Baba clack, clack, clack. Baba shook, Baba whatever, Baba, Baba drop. Baba, Baba death drop. <laughs> Baba death drop. Uh, all right. Yes. Baba, you already done had yours this. <laughs> She already been new. She already been new. Oh. Uh, anyway, so yeah. All right, great. So yeah, go out and buy shit. You know, uh, keep calm. Everything is fine. Keep shopping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ignore horror, horror, uh, ignore terror. the horror. Shop, shop, shop. <sighs> Anyways, we will be back with our stimulating conversation on the Baba Duck, a duck, a duck. <laughs> I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid, and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened, because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault.
I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. I'm going to die out here. Joshua, is that you? Welcome back. We are going to discuss the Babadook. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> from 2014, Australian uh, psychological horror film. Horror. Uh, I don't know how you say that in Australian. Um, <laughs> horror? <laughs> hey, horror. <laughs> Bobby. Horror. No, um, that's not right. I, I will. So. Here's Anyways. a here's a um, here's a folksy Guam thing. Are you ready? Yes. So a hermit crab in the uh, Chamorro language, the native people of Guam, is called a dukduk. And when you and the reason why we call it that, or one of the reasons why, is because to get them to come out of their shell. So when you were kids, when we were kids, we would go to like the beach, and then you'd see all these hermit crabs, and then like shells, you know, they would go into their shells and hide. And then you would get them, like put them in your hand and you would get them to come out by saying, duk, 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 duk. So when you're like, a baba duk, 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 I'm like, oh, it's coming out of his shell. Oh, I love it. That's for all the Guam folks out there. I love that this Fright School has become, you know, a lesson in horror and in Huam. And Huam, yes. And, you know, there are... Huamanian, is that what you would say? I am a Huamanian. You're giving these Huamanian lessons. Yes. I love it. That is the end. That is what we are doing. It's like, duk, 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 duk. Little hermit crab. And then little hermit crab And they would come out? Well, they would come... Yeah, they would come out. So, like, they would come out and I would just say, stop making that noise at me. (laughs) It's like, stop it, you (laughs) bastard. And then, you know, and then... you know, as kids, you'd like take them home and put them in sand, and right. then they die they because die, yeah. because they're not you know not supposed to do that. And then right. you just leave them alone. But yeah, so that was that's a thing. Poor, poor hermit crabs. Yes, but the Baba Duck, the Baba Duck, the Baba Duck. I th- it's funny. I, I think this movie is very polarizing, and I've shown it to a lot of different people and watched it with a lot of different people, and some people just are like ah. I cannot watch any more of this. Like they get 15, 20 minutes in, they have to turn it off. Um, but I really, I like it a lot. I think it's great. But what did you think? Cause you, <laughs> you actually text, you text me and was yes, like, I'm so, going to turn this off. So the, um, so uh, with, uh, the, I did something uh, with this particular film that we haven't done in a while, which is I watched it on my own. Right. Um, usually we try to watch like the fun ones or the really significant or historical ones all together. So that way, you know, Joshua can warn me. Um, we did that <laughs> with inside. I'm very glad I didn't have to watch that alone. Uh, but for this one, I watched it on my own 
And um, I texted Joshua. I said, um, 15 minutes into the Babadook and I want to kill this kid. And then Joshua's like, keep that in mind, smiley face. (laughs) And then the last text I sent him was, um, it's just a book. It can't hurt you. And I'm like, right, lady. Right. (laughs) Yeah, just a book. She didn't read the script, clearly. Yeah. She also said, what do you want? Like, what do you want? What do you want from me? And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. That's it. That's the end of you. She's screwed. Uh, that is, uh, the she is the lovely Essie Davis yes. uh, from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which I, I love that show. It's on uh, Netflix, uh, but she plays Amelia uh, Vanek. And then her little, little child thing, oh, yeah. Noah Wiseman is Samuel. Uh, yeah, I, I, watching it the very first time, like Jeff, had to get up and leave too because he's like I can't I can't take it this kid like screaming like this you know yeah and I'm like yeah I know dear that's why we don't have any obviously (laughs) Um, no but the reason I said to keep it in mind is because I think that um, okay well first we should real quick before we delve too deep into it so the Babadook is about like the single mom trying to raise her kid and he her husband has died Similar to Inside. Right, similar uh, to Inside. In, like, in a car wreck while she was pregnant. Yes, 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 yes. So For goodness sake, people. <laughs> I know. that. See, it's a theme. There you go. Uh, I like that. Little, We're just drawing a little, little, uh, little arrow up to Inside. A little connection there. Ugh. But yes, yeah, same uh, same premise, you know, where he's died and she's raising this the son alone now. And uh, he's a bit of a, 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 he's an imaginative child Mm -hmm. uh, with a lot. a very spirited child. Yes, very spirited child. And she obviously, you know, is still, it's clear that she's still kind of in this grief process, this, um, you know, she's very depressed and she just has, you know, she just has more than she can handle. And the Mm -hmm. people in her life, you know, all are just very condescending in the sense of like, you know, you just need to move on. You just need to get over it. But she's not able to probably, you know, because she's a mother and she's doing other things. And, you know, so that's what it's about. And this like mysterious book shows up and, you know, called Mr. Babadook, Mr. Babadook. And it talks about this creature that, you know, once it's there in your, in your mind, you can't get away from it. You can't escape it. And, and so the movie is sort of a uh, classic monster picture in that way. But I feel it uh, subverts itself through um, some of the, it subverts that monster movie kind of thing through, um, through what happens throughout it and what, what my interpretation of the film. So, anyways, that's a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's a quick little synopsis if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it. Uh, I one thing I noticed immediately was how I I want to say, and I don't know if this is true. Again, you know, I'm I'm the student, but I I felt like it was heavily influenced in the design by Tim Burton. Like I got a lot of um, it. It looked like the house. Like why you can like first of all, why the house all gray? Right. Like I'm like okay, the house is obviously gray to match the the overall gray nature of their yeah, of yeah. their circumstances. Absolutely. Um, and I felt like that was just very Tim Burton. Um, I felt like some of the angles and the camera shots were also very Burton. Mm-hmm. The animation of the Babadook itself yeah. um, was very interesting. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like German Expressionism too. Yes. Like lots of stiff lines. Yes. Lots of, you yes. Know, black, very Caligari. Yes. Very know? like German Expressionist window. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to my film analysis teacher. Right. In uh, college. 
But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very, I thought it was very interesting. And then it was one of those moments where at the end I was like, oh, the Babadook is grief. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, metaphor, the Babadook is grief. And it was, um, I, I, don't, I was talking to a friend of mine um, who's a filmmaker and he, I was like, yeah, I just watched the Babadook. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't think, I think it was unnecessary to kill the dog. Um, wow. I thought so. I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was kind of unnecessary. Um, I think the creepiest part of the whole thing was when she's like reading the second, the, the updated version of the story. Yeah, and, keeps, yeah the book keeps changing. Yeah. And I'm keeps like reflecting her reality more and more. Exactly. I'm like, where can we get a copy of that? book like the right. pop-up version they made them and i missed out so <gasps> no joshua yeah. you're usually on board with all of I that know, i know i know they did a whole thing a whole like i don't know if it was kickstarter or something similar but you could like buy it and i mean they just sold out so fast that i yeah i totally missed oh out but it was a com- it was like a made like replica from the movie that opened up and popped up and it was the whole thing uh, yeah and they're going for god knows how much money now on oh, ebay sure. and stuff but the, it was a beautiful uh a beautiful uh, a prop that they that they made. If you guys want to get a, give us one, uh, you're more than welcome yeah, to please. info at frightschool.com. But yes. yeah, so <laughs> I thought it was like yeah, I was like okay, get it for grief. And then I I couldn't help you know just because of like the first scene is this car crash in a dream yeah. sequence, and I was like okay inside, and I was like is there something about like I guess there's something just super transgressive about a a car crash and like a pregnant woman. Like it's just, you know, cause you just yeah. don't know and things are just popping about in there. And, yeah. um, you should, I, the, the listeners cannot see the, the crude gesture I made to right. like a child getting bounced around in a womb. But yeah, it's, it just felt very like, I'm like, okay. And then the husband dies again. Yeah. And, you know, instead of like some crazy gap tooth French lady trying to cut the baby out of you, you have this like, personified grief coming to get you and eventually turns her into the monster, which I thought was really interesting too. Yeah. Um, so I'll say to the, the first thing, um, we're moving fast for, with our, I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the, the car crash, absolutely. You know, I, I think you're right. It's a very, um, you know, it's just a frightening image. That's another thing that's probably deep, like cultural anxiety, you know, for, you know, if you're carrying around, cause you are, you're in this machine that in a split second, you know, can, I mean, it's representative of the, of her whole life, you know, that, that car crash happens. And then that's exactly what happened. You know, she's just totally thrown for mm-hmm. a loop and there's no recovering from that. At least as far as she can see in the, in the, in the beginning of the movie. Um, and then, yeah, and so losing the husband and then being alone with this, you know, again, like I was, I was going to say earlier, the reason I said hold on to that is because I think that the movie works really well because, like, I, okay, so a lot of people turn off because they don't want to listen to, like, the kids scream. But I'm like, the longer I sat there, the more I just really felt for her, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I just kept, like, thinking. And so what I think is interesting about the film and in the context of the others that we've watched, Rosemary's baby and inside, you know, that are kind of part of this, this conversation of, of motherhood in, in horror films and, and a larger culture consciousness. Uh, it's, it's completely wrong for like mothers to like have regret, like in, in the, in the culturally. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, if moms are like, Oh man, you know, I just regret having my kids or man, some days I really don't, you know, we're, <gasps> 
you know, like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and so, like, watching that movie, I'm like, man, there are women in this country, ever or in this world, every single day that have two or three of these screaming things that you know are, are, need, need all this attention in our society. Need machines. Yes, yes, and our society is not built to really support those women and men. I should say, of course, you know, there's plenty of uh, on both sides, but you know, obviously, culturally, motherhood falls to women. You know, and we yeah. expect we expect a lot more. Like you know, when a dad does something, yeah. even if he messes it up, it's like, oh well, just goofy dad. You know, yeah. like doing th- something. No Mothers one gives a second fail. thought to a fucked yeah. up to like a messed up or a fucked yeah, up. Single. Exactly. Father. Yeah. But like, you know, oh my God, a single mother should be a saint walking yeah, on water. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, I, I, I think dads can, you know, single fathers can do incredible things. I don't think the, that should be the expectation of them. Yes. That they are, you know, that sort of like, and that's a lot of times the image you get is that sort of, you know, stupid dad just kind of meandering through. But the, mm-hmm. but regardless, the fact of the matter is, is that it's still, that's, it's okay to be like that where it's not when you're a mother when you're a woman like it's not okay to to fail quote unquote or or to you know feel that and you know to feel this sort of antagonistic relationship with your children um hearkening a little back to our shining conversation you know so and i think that this film is kind of similar in, in that theme in that you know when we're talking about mental health when we're talking about people getting the support that they need in order to do a good job being a parent you know because we put a lot of pressure on on each other to procreate you know mm-hmm. we want we think you know where it's always talking about the world we leave for our kids and you know who's going to grow up and be the president one day or who's going you know there's just so much like hope and and immortality in children that there that there's so much pressure on it you know on on people to have them so but we don't live in a society that completely makes it possible for every single parent to do the very best job they possibly can to That's raise correct. their kids. Mm-hmm. You I, know? I agree. And so watching this movie, I'm just sitting there feeling for her like, oh, my God, I would snap too. I mean, I would want to break his little neck, <laughs> you know, just because you're like – and you can see it, you know. And the fact that on top of it, she ha- she's not getting like the grief counseling that she probably needed. Mm-hmm. She's certainly not getting the support from the other people in her life because they're all just so dismissive of, yeah. of what she's going through. You know, and grief lasts a, can last a long time and it can hide and it can, you know, pop up in strange, unexpected places. And, you know, so that's the other conversation is about mm-hmm. grief and is about processing loss. And so I just think, I think it's a really beautiful film in that sense, that it's really a woman trying to deal with so much. Well, she definitely goes through, and I'm sitting here thinking about the film, mm-hmm. and I I just realized that she definitely goes through the stages of grief. She's mm-hmm. denying the existence of the Babadook, right. um, which, you know, her... Her son is obviously like you know trying to coax out of her, so she's denying the existence of that. There's any even any any problem, and then you have denial to um, I want to say anger, no bargaining. Well, I mean it it comes in different forms. So you have like denial. I, I would agree. I would yeah. say that in in some sense, yes, she's going through these processes. Yeah. So like in in, in various parts, but I think the 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 most powerful. And not and not necessarily frightening, but the most powerful is when she's just speaking her mind to the to Sam to the boy when she's just like, "I wish it, he survived more than you, yeah. and you, you know, and you little shit," like cursing at him openly. I was like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, you know that? <laughs> Fuck yeah!" I mean, he's at 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 one point we like agree with her and how 
and her tone with him because he's been a little shit this entire yeah he aggravates people so that you want to turn it off you know? exactly so... he uh, this entire time but then like you and then I had a moment where I was like ooh but that's your mom ooh like you know I was like ooh but that's like your mom and she's there and she's telling you all these nasty things and it's it it's it's upsetting and it's disruptive to that kind of dynamic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But, but yeah. so effective and so frightening. Um, and she, heart, I just yeah. thought heartbreaking because it's yeah. like, you know, you think, you know, you're creating a life and, and you have this other person, you're going to do this together. And then that is ripped away. So it's like, I think the child, you know, either intentionally, or, well, not, I wouldn't say intentionally because I don't think any mother was like, I want to hate my kid, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's growing inside her this like, you lived and he's gone and like, I have to do this on my own and I have to be here and I have to raise you without him, you know, and there's this constant reminder mm-hmm. that he, that, that the, the person she loved is gone mm-hmm. and, you know, this child is what's left behind. And, you know, again, like, it's not like it's necessarily the kid's fault because, again, you know, she looks like she's, you know, working all the time and, you know, she's trying to, like, provide for him. And so, you know, she's again, doing the best that she can. Yeah, I think of our, you know, my own mother, you know, was a single mom and, you know, she had to do the best she could. And we ran wild because, like, it wasn't it wasn't like a lot of people were managing us, you know, so you, you kinda, it's easy to get really, really out of control. Mm-hmm. That um, his cousin, that little girl, deserved to get clocked in the face. Um, <laughs> right, she was such a jerk. She was such a jerk. I'm like, I don't care if it's your birthday party. You deserve to get clocked in the face. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I love that social We're going to be arrested for, like, promoting child uh, abuse. Yes. Um, we had uh, the social services people, because it's not taking place in, you know, these people are actually there to help and check on her. Not, right. Not like uh, the United States, where they probably would have, like, okay, we're taking him now, bye. Right, right, right. Um, Throw you in jail instead of getting you some proper mental health. Exactly. Or, you know, some services. (laughs) Um, Girlfriend needs to get a better vibrator. That's all I got to (laughs) say. I was like, what is that? I know. Poor thing. I was like, oh, shit. That's... That looks like from the eighteen hundreds. Didn't have time. Didn't have time to like you know get out there and get her some good. You know. I know. Oh my god! And that's like that's like that's got to be every you know if you're a mother, please write in. If you're a parent, that's just got to be like every like adult with a child's uh, like worst nightmare where you're trying to get down with yourself and then all of a sudden, boo! I'm in the bed now. Like oh my god, I just want to do. I just want to diddle myself. Right. Uh, <laughs> just to release some stress. Just just release that release stress that you're tension. giving me. You know, but I just, you know, I think that we do need to have more room for those sorts of conversations. Like, I think sometimes it is okay to feel overwhelmed. And sometimes it's like, yeah, kids can be, you know, they're obviously a massive responsibility that not everybody should be forced to take on, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, you, I, I think there has to be room to fail or there has to be room to be like, oh, yeah, today I really don't like my kids. Like, maybe I love them, but, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're little bastards. And one day they're going to, you know, I got to get like, you got to get them to that adult uh, place so that things can get better. Again, yeah. You know? You're going to be much cooler when you're older. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think about that now. Um, <laughs> when I think about my own siblings mm-hmm. and like our relationship now. I should have mentioned this in, um, in Plugapalooza, but there is a comedy show that's coming out. Um, it was in EW recently called Smilf. S-M-I-L-F, a single mother, I'd like to, you know. Uh, it's basically written from the point of, it's this woman who is a comedy writer, television writer, who is a single mother, and she uh, basically had a sh- got has a show talking about her experiences and what that's like, um, being like a single, a young single mother that's still 
like in her prime yeah. of life and what that means and all of that. So, oh, that sounds good. That sounds like better things with Pamela uh, Adlon, which I really like a lot. Yes, yeah, like, but I think in this one she's, uh, I you know, a, a cursory read again of it, a little blurb in EW, but. Um, it, it's it's focusing on that like your your child is still young and you're still young too. Oh, you're yeah, still yeah. like both kind of children almost. Yeah, yeah. No, my mom had us very young, so I yeah, like, yeah. I remember her being like in her twenties still, like going out to the club and stuff. And I mean, even again, like I said, she had me very young. So when I was like ten, my mom was only twenty four, twenty five. Are you the oldest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you think, of, like, you know, when I think about that, and that's what, it, it, like, being older now, it lets me forgive a lot of, like, what I used to perceive as my mother's mistakes rather than just, like, failings overall of, of like, a, of, of our social structure um, and our uh, disregard for, you know, or, or our, um, we don't put it, there's not enough responsibility placed on fathers, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to be more responsible, I guess. Um in some sense, I don't know. That, that's kind of more of a delicate conversation. I want to get you know too yeah. deep into, but I mean, my my point is, is like I you know I remember being you know angry when I was younger because it's like my mom wanted to like have a life too. Yeah, you know, and I try to think about being like twenty four, twenty five, and having like three or four kids at home. I mean, that's just a nightmare, you know, when I think about it, you know, and you can go into all kinds of things about choice or what, blah, blah, blah. But even that, we could talk all day long about abstinence, only education and, you know, access to contraception, abortion and, and contraceptives. Um, but regardless, at point the end is, of the day, people deserve the opportunity to be whole, fully whole yes, human beings. Yeah. And not just, you know, this um, endless, um, um, machine feeding others, you yes. know, which I think, uh, you know, a lot of mothers are, are more often than yeah. not put into, into that position. This kind of like unconditional yes, nurturing. Yes, there has to be unconditional yeah. nurturing where it's like, sometimes, I don't know, some children need to just be kicked out and they have to figure it out. <laughs> and you can love them. You can unconditionally yes. love someone, but you don't need to be, you know, they don't need to be sucking that teat until they're 21, okay? <laughs> I say that and I like... You <laughs> live at home, right? I, I know, like, I was like, I live at home and I'm... <laughs> And I know that there's some people being like, Joe, shade. I, <laughs> I call shade on that. But, you know, I love I love me mommy and my daddy, so. <laughs> well, yes. hopefully you show that to them. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, the, the grief symbolism is not um, lost on a lot. You know, m- many people saw that. Uh, in, in in seeing the film, that that really is at the heart of this. It's it's a movie about grief, and it's all compassing, you know, ever shape shifting. You just sort of like the Babadook, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's it's an easy thing. And even in the end, when they sort of control it and put it away, it's still in the. It's just underneath. Yeah, you know, and that you have to find a way to manage mm-hmm. it, you know, and how to live your life. Because all of us, you know, if we're lucky enough, you know, we'll get to be old one day, and if we're lucky enough, we'll, we'll have somebody with us that we love, whether it's a partner or f- really good friends or whatever. And you know, not to say lucky, but you know, some of those people you're going to outlive, and you're going to have a whole lifetime of memories, you know, with that person. And I don't, I, I don't think we recover from those kinds of losses. I don't, I don't know if, if grief recovery is such a thing so much as grief management, you know, yeah. like things just pop up, things just happen. You f- see something, you find something, remi- you know, so it's always just there under the surface. So I, I kind of like how in the end, it's not about destroying the Babadook. 
you know learning to live with it it's lear- yeah it's living with it and putting it in its place and saying okay this is where you belong and where i'm going to let you be mm-hmm. there cuz you're going to be there anyways you're going to exist yeah. you're going to be a part of our life but we're just going to package you here and she went from um she went from not talking about the husband yeah. and and not being on the same page with her son about the babadook yeah. to it is now a part of their relationship and yeah. how they and how they relate to each other Absolutely. and how they deal with everything. So it's yeah. like they're picking out the worms and putting it in a little bowl. And now, okay, you wait right here. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to go yeah. downstairs and feed the Babadook now. Yeah. It's it's just fascinating. And it's like the Wizard of Oz, you know, at the end, only it's sort of the reverse rather than, mm-hmm. you know, going from black and white to color back to black and white. It opens up at the end and it's colorful and hopeful. And I don't know. I just really feel that as a as a movie about somebody who survived trauma and is trying to just process it, I, I just I just think it's really be- a beautiful movie. I really, really like it. And I like that, you know, I like how grating the kid is because it just really puts you in her it. world, you yeah. know, and you're just really there for her. And, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, you know, the dog dies. And there are things, you know, in it that it, that it's like, Obviously, the Babadook is meant within the context of the film to represent more than just grief. It is this, you know, creature, you know, but still to look at it, you know, on that symbolic level, you know, it's like it's just a movie about just a woman really at the end of a rope and without the right services and without, you know, a culture that supports proper like grief, Mm -hmm. you know, counseling and proper, you know, mental health. So. Yeah, well, she, globally, even I'm not even just talking about like Australia. Or, but I don't even is it even meant to be set necessarily in Australia? I think it's just meant to be like nondescript uh, British realm <laughs> country. Yeah, it, it's very you know, but it's kind of yeah, it's hard to you know, tell. it's it, you really it really puts you it it really puts you in that. Um, and I was like, oh, when is this woman? This woman's gonna snap. When is she going to snap? Something's yeah. gonna happen. And when she gets the book for the second time and sees that, oh, you know, it's a portending of not only gonna kill your fucking dog and then strangle your fucking child, you're also gonna slit your own throat because that eventually that's what's going to happen when you succumb to grief entirely. Right. Is that it? It all consumes you, and then eventually that you yeah, yeah. eventually it destroys what life you have. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you if you let it conquer you, rather mm-hmm. than and finding those ways to, you know, to go on and to survive. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I just think it's a, uh, I, I really like it, you know, mm-hmm. even beyond like it being like a horror film, you know, it's just, it's fun. You know, I, I like the effects a lot. I like the mm-hmm. lo-fi-ness of it, the paper doll, like kind of look of the Babadook. Yes. I, I, the book is amazing. Like the, mm-hmm. the design on it is, is, is great. Um, you know, in the overall look of the film, it's 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 very nice. I love it. Yeah, I I will say that this in this conversation and talking and like watching the film, it's one of the reasons why I'm like here at Fright School is because you know there are there are films that are just going to be you know there's just going to be horror for horror's sake, and then there are going to be films where it's like no, it's we're actually building a story and telling it in this particular way so as to, you know, illustrate a larger thing that's happening in Absolutely. our society. And I feel like, you know, that's that's why I am 
like uh, now describing myself as a fan of horror <laughs> and you know when people talk to me and it's like oh I just don't like to be scared and I was just like yeah but you know it's it's showing you things that are true horrors that are true fears and real ills in the world but turning it all turning the dial all the way up and then making you like you know think that if this person can get through it then i can you know literally everything you want right exactly (laughs) is on the other side of fear (laughs) yeah precisely absolutely and this film in particular really does uh, i think does a great job of of exactly that of just taking a real world concern as you know a million recent events can tell you you know about mental health about you know access to, to to services you know access to education you know just access in general you know can radically alter the way a person interacts with the world around them and um i think that yeah the babadook is a is a very good lesson in that yeah and and in and in processing grief and and all and all the other things <laughs> Once, yeah, once you get through the screaming child. Right, yeah. And like once, I know so many people that were like, oh, I couldn't watch anymore. Once he wets himself and she yells at him, then I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in the game. Yeah. Uh, it's, Joshua, thank you for choosing that really, really great, um, that really, really great film. Good. I'm glad that I'm glad that you enjoyed it because, yeah, I did think you know within the context of looking at like Rosemary's Baby and Inside, I wanted to find something that was sort of you know a little higher amped from Rosemary's Baby, but a little less from Inside. You know, it's and, a nice middle ground. We yeah, ended right in the middle. You know, and and something that's not too you know it's not gory. It's not like trying to be overly like horrific. Mm-hmm. It's not you know not terrifying. It's just telling yeah I think a very modern everyday story. I yeah. mean you could find parents all over yeah. the there's world. There's tons of like there's tons of like literature about yeah. um like actual fiction and novels written about children who survive and then the 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 fathers hate them because the mothers are dead now right, and they right, resent right. them yeah. like that's all, that's a that's a common trope in a yeah. lot of literature so yeah. for this this kind of uh this film the babadook it names it and it's something that i talk about in another podcast of mine untitled friendship project episode tiffany tang um we we talk about how you know once you name something, it gives you power over it. And in this particular, um, like Tiffany talked about, you know, her in her book, Creepy Little Death Poem, Creepy Little Death Poems, by like giving the 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 feelings that she was having at that time a name, and that name being death, and personifying it in such a way, it was she was able to deal with it and manage it and negotiate it and bring herself out of it. So yeah. it's this way of like if the the Babadook is now you know, this, uh, way to manage that grief and to, you know, initially be afraid of it, but then eventually, you know, confront it, confront it, let it consume you and then find your, and then from the inside, literally Babadook inside you, um, go through it. So thanks Joshua. Absolutely. Is that the end of this module? I think it is. We've kind of wrapped up the, so you're having a baby. Uh, <laughs> but there will always be awesome uh, movies. There's some other great ones out there that kind of deal with similar stuff. I, You know, I'd say Anti-Birth that came out recently. Mm-hmm. I think it was on Netflix with, um, oh, what's her name? I was for, uh, Natasha Leone. Oh, okay. Um, you know, there's lots of like B movies or, you know, silly things like Bless the Child with... Um, 
oh, what's her name? Kim Basinger, I think, mm-hmm. where she kind of has like a devil child. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Omen, obviously, we did not talk about the Omen in this uh, in this module, but that's obviously another great uh, look at children in horror. Uh, Village of the Damned, Children of the Corn. Uh, <laughs> is this all the uh, additional yeah. reading <laughs> right you know there's I mean there's all kinds of I mean we could just we could do a whole year just watching Firestarter you know? yeah exactly um, kind of I, I would put that sort of in a different again uh, I've never seen category. that uh, but in, in examining the relationships between like mothers and children and you know just you know if you're gonna have a baby in a horror film yeah watch watch, watch the crib uh look <laughs> underneath it <laughs> or take yeah. the bus yeah. or don't just have a home birth don't Absolutely. don't go anywhere <laughs> lock the doors lower the blinds fire up the smoke machine no sorry that's let's have a kiki by the scissor sisters okay um <laughs> Hey, we managed to make it almost all the way entirely through without without a without, without a reference uh, without a reference. All right, without, without a queer reference, but that's all right. Um, oh well, I mean, you know, the Babadook's now a queer. Yes, icon. I so need to get a even, shirt. We didn't even talk about that. Baba Shook, Baba Shook, Baba yes. clack 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 clack. <laughs> yeah, Baba Shook. Yes. Um, my understanding of the controversy is that during LGBT Pride Month, uh, Netflix put up like hey look at some of these lgbt movies and in addition to like their usual barrage of world of wonder you know uh shit shows they also had um strand releasing all those kind of yes and they had uh the babadook as i was like there is nothing really remotely an error right i mean i thought that they said it was just a mistake it was a mistake, but I was like, mm, the Babadook? And there's nothing remotely LGBT about it. I thought I was hoping for some uh, like lesbian subplot, um, you know. No, but I guess with the, uh, I don't know, I mean, he's hiding out in the closet or whatever, maybe. Exactly. But, but you're he, right. I mean, I don't I don't. He see causes all this havoc coming out of that wardrobe. Right, exactly. He's got a nice hat. He's got a <laughs> yes. lovely coat. Very fashionable. <laughs> um, some lovely makeups. Makeup makes ups on his face. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Otherwise, I, 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 but I love it. I love the whole thing because it's just great to see like during Pride Month all like the rainbow stuff and then the Babadook showing up everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing because that's like that's me. Like now I see like I'm reflected in that. You, know? you are now you are the Babadook. <laughs> yes, I'm. I need to do that for uh, Pride in the future. Dress up as the Baba the Baba Shook. Uh, oh God, we need to post that picture. Right. I can't believe. Anyways, so yeah, so that does close out uh, this little uh, module uh, for for this uh, particular uh, run of films, and we'll be back very very soon uh, to start a new module, which uh, I'm not going to reveal yet, but because I haven't decided which movies we're going to watch yet, but. Uh, It'll be figured out by the time you hear this. <laughs> yes. We will have figured it out. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's a great, it's a great little movie. So, everybody go out and watch the, watch the Babadook. Essie, yes. Miss Lovely Essie. And, and uh, if you're planning, if you, you know, if you're family planning, just make sure that, you know, it's you. You open your eyes with whoever's having sex with you. Rosemary, <laughs> Rosemary's baby, right? Right. Definitely. <laughs> Um, don't lose a partner. Don't lose. Somebody's going to try to chop your baby out of you. Don't, uh, (laughs) don't get into a car accident. Right. When you have a child, 
uh, these are the hunger. lessons. These are these the are, lessons. These are what you learned. should have learned. Um, <laughs> and if you have, if you know, again, we are we are two men. <laughs> we are we are two cisgendered men uh, talking about birth, uh, which is something that we will viscerally never really know. Uh, thank thank God. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do not like. There's a lot. Like, uh, I do not envy that. Like I got no 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 thank you like um, my perineum staying in uh, yes yeah uh, all together yes I like it exact I like it intact yes <laughs> I yeah. um, real life horrors we're bringing in here yes uh, uh, so if you are it's a beautiful it's beautiful though it's, it's beautiful it's a miracle miracle it's a miracle yes. of life <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and on that note <laughs> on that note we will see you all next week or. For, uh, for another exciting edition of Fright School. <laughs> Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 